This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Of course, coming up on Sunday, it'll be the Jets and the Broncos right here on 98.7, and our coverage begins at 225. little thing called Jets Countdown to kick off with myself and our next guest. He, of course, played for the Jets. He wore number 51. And I was actually checking out one of his old games on YouTube a couple of days ago, just laying around doing nothing, and that, of course, is number 51, my good pal Greg Buttle. I was watching the game from your final season in 1984 in Cleveland. Do you remember that game? Yes, I couldn't feel my left foot, but that's beside the point. What? <laughs> <laughs> no. you want to know. Yeah, was that during the game? Was that after the game or, or both in terms during of not the feeling game. your foot? Yeah. During, during, during the game, and, and it was cold out there. It was the whole nine yards. I don't know. It didn't look that cold. It looked like it was like, I think I think it was like week six or something. I think you were week seven. I think you were four and two, your record was. It was cold? It's cold in Cleveland in August, but that's beside <laughs> the point. Well, and plus you were one of the rare guys that didn't wear socks either when you played football. That's why your feet were probably cold. That's true. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, we were there on Sunday night, of course, and we were probably just about as surprised as anybody with the way the offense performed in that game. What was your biggest takeaway? Like when you look back, now we're almost a week removed from it, on what you saw specifically out of the offensive side of the ball after the struggles of the previous couple of weeks? You know, Danny, that's a good question. And um... – I'm going to tell you the, the answer I saw. When I, when I watch a game, you know, we're up in the press box and you see a panorama, all 22, and it's an awesome way to watch a football game. But it's the first time I've seen Zach Wilson uh, operate as a quarterback, not play quarterback. He, he, after the first quarter, it was like it was his offense. He was changing plays. He was calling a uh, line out. He was, he was t- making backs move from one side to the other. He had decision-making almost immediately of where he had to go with the ball. A continuity in that offense that I have not seen by him when he has run it. So, to me, that was the big thing about watching it. It looked like he had a comfort level within that offense that he was sure about where he wanted to go with the football and how he wanted to deliver it. And not only that, how about in the manner in which he delivered it? Because all the next-gen stats that were compiled after the game, the majority of the time, he got rid of the ball in less than two and a half seconds from after he received the, the snap from center. And his numbers, when he gets rid of the ball within two and a half seconds, are a lot better than the alternative. So I think that goes hand-in-hand hand with it, too. Well, I think that it was awesome. What was really awesome about that was if he held it for 2.8 seconds, he might have been sacked. But be that as it may, he was. His timing was very good on what he had to do and where he had to deliver the ball. He threw back shoulders. He put passes out there with touch. Uh, I, I think that one of the best plays he made was the two-point conversion in mm-hmm. which it was him. If it wasn't he, no one else that I know of could have made that play. Maybe Lamar Jackson could have done it, but he was great on that play the way he he should have been sacked. Yep. i don't know how he got out but he got out and made the two-point conversion 
Now, what do you think, speaking of, you know, the quarterback, the offensive, the offensive line, this is the second game, or that was the second game that we saw those five out there, and you could see them getting a little bit more comfortable with each passing game, each passing snap. I mean, Joe Tipman at guard, he hasn't even allowed a pressure yet in the two games, and this is a well, guy we, who came in as a center, for crying out loud. That's right. We talked about him in preseason, you and I, and because we, 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 we watched him a lot, and I was I – was, I was, surprised that he held up the way he did in preseason playing a position that he doesn't play. Uh, I, I think the big deal was, remember, they started that season when they took Becton, who's a left, moved him to right. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker was at right guard. And then when they got hurt, Becton went all the way to the other left side. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker went to right tackle. Timmy mm-hmm. went to guard. And so there's a, there's a two-game Make up for that. How are we doing this? What are we doing? So I think it got better. Now, we're not going to know until this game and then the following game, after their sixth game, how much better that offensive line has gotten. Talking with Greg Buttle here on 98.7. He and I, of course, will have pregame, postgame coverage, Jets-Broncos Sunday, beginning at 225 right here on 98.7 ESPN. When you look at this game coming up against Denver, They've got the worst-ranked defense in the NFL. Every statistical measure you want to throw out there, they're pretty much dead last, right? They've given up about 100 points the last two weeks. I don't think this is a situation, though, that you can go into this game if you're the Jets, and at least from an offense, and say, oh, yeah, all we got to do is show up, and we're going to be able to put points up on the board because that's what teams do against the Denver Broncos. I, 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 I truly don't believe that this Jets football team is that type of uh, mentality. I believe they know they got to fight, and, I, and they know that they're in a hole, and they're not about to look at somebody and say, oh, these guys, we'll just throw the helmets on the field and make it work. I don't buy that. And um, I think that you'll find out how good they are. And again, as we talked before, as Zach Wilson goes, will go the Jets football team. So he's got to play well. They're going to be a little shorthanded in the secondary on Sunday, DJ Reed's not going to play because he hasn't cleared the concussion protocol. Eccles is out, who's the main backup. So Bryce Hall is probably going to get an extended look in this game on Sunday, and he hasn't played much this year, hadn't played much in the base defense really in the last two seasons ever since Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed showed up here. Does that concern you at all a little bit, that you might have a guy out there that I'm sure Denver is going to look to try to test early and often in this football game? Well, if, if Olbrecht is what he is, he's gonna, he, may, he may start out and play in zone, get the kid used to the speed of what's going on out there in, in the defensive secondary, see what Denver's doing, see where they're going to go, and then uh, you know, end up playing some, uh, some blitz with some man coverage behind it. But I, I think that you're going to see a, a lot of over-the-top protection for the Jets this week because you don't want to give up the big play just because you did something stupid out on the field because you haven't played enough. So I think that's the way they'll do it. You know, there, there's a guy on that defensive line. And, and maybe, look, would you like to have seen more sacks registered in that department over the first four games? Yeah, probably, collectively as a whole. But there's a guy on that defensive line who you and I had on as a guest for after one of the preseason games this year at down in the coaches club. And he's someone who has been used as a situational rusher so far since he's come into the league. And that's Bryce Huff. And he's getting more and more snaps with each passing week. And now he's playing more snaps than, let's say, even a Carl Lawson is playing. 
on that defensive line. And Bryce Huff was thought to be somebody that can't play three downs because, you know, they thought he was vulnerable against the run. It's funny how Bryce Huff is becoming a guy now that Joe Douglas and company are going to have to make sure that they put his name on a new contract because I don't think that's somebody you want to see walk out the door, do you? No, Bryce Huff has done has played well. And, and, and they, they've all played well along the defensive line. Um, there, there are issues a lot of times because the Jets play a lot of nickel defense and they get run on a lot. Uh, and people look at they oh, they gave up too much yardage running. And you know me with the run. Who cares? Yep. As long as they don't score points, you're doing the right job. So I think Bryce Huff is a good one, and, and Jermaine Johnson has played well. And you take a look at um, even Carl Lawson. I, I, I saw the plays he was in. He, he played well. But he hasn't had playing time. And, again, it's, it's, a, it's a, uh, uh, a shuttle game between the lines. You've got, you got eight guys that can play any number of plays, and it's uh, very tough. I'll tell you another guy, too, and, and this is right in your area of expertise because you played the position. Quincy Williams is graded out as one of the best linebackers in the NFL this year. And it's so funny that, remember, this is a guy who the Jets and Joe Douglas picked up off the waiver wire a couple of years ago after he was cut loose by the Jacksonville Jaguars, developed into a starter. And as I said, now he's playing at almost a Pro Bowl level. You talk about a find. But what do you? What have you? I mean, you've seen this guy since he's been here. Like, what have you seen from Quincy that now all of a sudden he is playing at such a high level? Well, I'll tell you what I see in him. From the first time I saw him, he had a tough time playing in space. Mm-hmm. Now he doesn't. Now he's not. A, he's not as scared to play in space. Get that running back coming out of the backfield, and what am I going to do with him? How going to cover him? How aggressive he is with the guy, and and so far. He's. I, I think he's missed one tackle. I, I, I. That's. He's. He's very sure of himself. He's. He plays more balanced at that linebacker position than he did before. So I think that's what it's all about. How do you legislate? And I, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about it in the postgame show on Sunday because the play that got all the attention was the flag on Sauce Gardner at the end, which negated the Michael Carter interception, might have changed the outcome of the game. How do you move past that moving forward, knowing that, you know, sometimes when you think that you're playing the technique exactly the way it's taught and doing everything you're supposed to do, and yet you still, unfortunately, are the beneficiary of a bad call, is that something that's going to stick with you the next time you go out there on the field? Dan, let's 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 understand each other that, and I use this term all the time. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. <laughs> and everybody's cheating out there for an edge, whether it's a tug and a nip, and it's a push, and uh, it's an offensive lineman chopping a guy or holding them. They're all doing it. The question is, the question that comes into play is, where's the consistency from the referees that are on the field and the team of referees? How do they manage the game? Do they call a ridiculous penalty that they didn't call in the first, second, third quarter that late in the game? No, they have to be more consistent. And being a referee in the NFL, I know is a tough job. I, I know enough of them. And, uh, and I was good friends with Joe Gardy and uh, now his son David Gardy, who are, are with the officiating crews and all of that stuff. I know how difficult a job it is. But as a team, you can't allow yourself to have the referees make that call that late in the game. You've got to be more aware. 
How conscious do you think they're going to be of the whole revenge factor with Nathaniel Hackett wanting to go out there and maybe given just a little bit of extra to make sure that they can get back at Sean Payton and the Broncos for those comments made in the summer? No, I, I would tell you, uh, for, from my experience, they're, they're, the revenge factor means nothing until you have the game in hand and it's in the fourth quarter. Then you find out if it was a big deal of what was said. Because you can't prove anything if you lose the game. You've got to win that game to, to disprove whatever Sean Payton said. So that's the issue. You've got to have the game in hand before you rub it in. Don't be rubbing something in until you can stand on somebody's neck and, and, and salt the game away. And hopefully they'll be in that position, whether it's the third quarter, the fourth quarter, to where they can tack on some points. But I'm with you. Just find a way to get the W because they need this win, and then you can continue on here with your season and get ready for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, appreciate you coming Absolutely. on tonight, as always. Looking forward to Sunday. Looking forward to a nice food spread, as always. And uh, I'll talk to you in a couple of days. That's awesome. I can't wait. We'll see you uh, Sunday. And uh, we'll get the, uh, the, the presentation and the gold jacket ready for Anthony. Okay. Tremendous. Tremendous. Thank you, my friend, yeah. as always. There is the uh, the great Greg Buttle joining us here for his weekly little report on this Football Friday. Remember, our coverage begins at 225 right here on 98.7 ESPN. You'll hear a one-on-one with Sauce Gardner. You'll hear a one-on-one with Elijah Vera Tucker, plus some other surprises as well. You do not want to miss it. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We got our NFL picks coming up. We'll also give you a breakdown of round two of the MLB playoffs as well. Grasso Show till 9, right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more More than than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. 
With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. They're talking about Zach Wilson. Bouncing back, playing a good football game. Didn't result in a victory, but still played very, very well in that game Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now do it again, right? Don't want to seem like cold or anything, but do it again. Because that's what the good ones do. I'm not even saying the great ones. The good ones. The good ones, it's not just a one-shot deal. You string those type of performances back to back to back. And, you know, if you go back and you look at Zach's career so far up until this point, like he really, you know, the best two-game stretch, if you will, that he's ever played was back in his rookie year late in the season, that Jaguar game at home the day after Christmas, where the standout play in that one was a run that he made for a touchdown. Remember that, like, 50-yard touchdown run down the sideline? But they still won the game. And then the next week, they came back, and he played really, really well against Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, the game where Antonio Brown went nuts and took off his uniform back to the locker room. So that was probably, like, the best two-game stretch that Zach's played, and now he's got an opportunity that if he could get one on Sunday in Denver to have another one. And if you want to be a dependable quarterback and if you want to be somebody that's part of the solution and somebody that could stick around for a good long while, that is what the good ones do. And I think if you're a Jet fan, and hell, even if you're the Jets, you're probably curious a little bit that he's going to indeed be able to duplicate that performance. You know, another thing we didn't talk about yet with that game on Sunday, which really was impressive, he hit 10 different targets. You know, he was spreading the ball around. It's not like he zeroed in on just one or two guys and just kept feeding them. No, he spread the ball around. Focused on the hot read, the open read, boom. Get it out of your hands quick. Let them make plays. That's a sign of maturity. And, you know, look, the Hackett thing, if the Jets have this game in hand, then you can have some fun with it in the second half. Right Then you could sit there and wonder, all right, how much are they going to try to run this thing up? Because, hey, if it was me, and maybe I'm not a good guy, and maybe I'm petty, whatever. If I know that we got this game won, you know, if, if, if it's like, let's say, 31-10 Jets midway through the third quarter, and if I'm Rob Sala, and if I'm Nathaniel Hackett, I'm telling those guys... We're not taking our foot off the gas. We are going to try to score until the light bulbs burn out in that scoreboard. That's what we're going to try to do. Because why not? It'll be good for the offense. And you know what? Sean Payton will have it coming because he shouldn't have said what he said. And if you don't like it, go out there and stop him. You know, it's like in baseball when you got, you know, guys who, you know, if a team is up by 10 and he got a guy swinging at a 3-0 pitch or whatever it is, and he hits it out of the ballpark. Well, you know what? Then do a better job. Don't serve up meatballs. Get them out. That's your job. And the same thing in this football game. 
800-919-3776. Because look, if you want to just project a little bit, two more games before the bye week, they could still get to three and three. This Denver game is very winnable. Two and three right there. Then you got Philadelphia the week after. Philadelphia is not unbeatable, right? They came this close to losing this week to Wa- or last week to Washington at home, and we saw how bad Washington was last night. So even at the worst case, you're two and four, right? Let's just say even you, you split the next two. You're two and four going to the bye week. Less than ideal, but everything you've been through so far with the Rodgers injury and whatnot, it's okay. And you're not buried in the NFL. And that's the luxury that that 17th game gives you, right? You got that one extra week to maybe help you dig yourself out of a little bit of early season trouble. But look at the schedule right out of the bye week. Giants, Chargers, Raiders. You mean to tell me they can't win all three of those games? Of course they can. So even if you're 2-4, and four, you go on a three-game winning streak, you're 5-4 and four with eight more games still to play. You got everything right in front of you still. You got a season. Especially if the offense continues to function and the quarterback's confidence stays up and he looks like he's got a good handle on it all. Because, I mean, the rest of the season, after the bye, I mean, look at the games that they have left. Aside from the trip to Buffalo and the two games that they have against the Dolphins, those are the only ones where you say, oh, man, they, you know, they really got to have to play well to maybe win this game. Everything else is gettable. It's gettable. Let us say hi to... Colby in Indiana, up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Colby, how we doing tonight? Good evening, Dan. How are you? Colby, you know what? I'm doing outstanding. What's going on in Indiana these days? Uh, out here for work. I actually live in, I live in New Jersey. But, so I'm a, oh, excellent. What kind of work about, are we talking oh, yeah. about? I'm a civil engineer, so anything pertaining to buildings, roadways, bridges, all that good stuff. How long have you been, how long have you been stuck out there? Uh, a week. I'm here for three more weeks. Ooh. So what, so what uh, happens if the job isn't done after three more weeks? Do you have to stay? No, we're rotating guys out because we're based in Jersey, so we're sending guys out oh, here I got every, you. every do four you, Do weeks, you like yeah. Indiana? Is it fun? It's all right for the most part. Flew into Chicago. I thought Chicago was better. Intr- yeah, I mean, Chicago probably is going to be a little bit more happening than Indiana. But nevertheless, you got your jet yeah. game to worry about. So what's going on? What do you think? Exactly. Um, I don't want them – you know, I th- you got you brought it up earlier, but they can't play down just to their opponent just because it's the Broncos. The Broncos are terrible, but you got to go in with the mindset that you're playing the Dallas Cowboys or Kansas City Chiefs because despite the Broncos being terrible, they're still a professional football team. You saw mm-hmm. it happen with Dallas and the Cardinals. You saw it happen with the Commanders and the Bears. Um, you gotta you gotta go in with the mentality that. You're playing the best team in the NFL, no matter who you're playing. And I don't want the Jets to make that fatal flaw. Don't let Zach be scared. Give him the ball. Pass on first down like he did against Kansas City. And I think you go to 2-3 and three on Sunday if that happens. I, I agree with you. You're not good enough to overlook anybody. And I don't think that that's their mentality in any way. And, Colby, thanks for calling. Get back to us. Uh, have some fun out there for the next few weeks while you're doing your civil engineering. Appreciate you checking in. You know, look, the Jets did very well on first and second down as opposed to the previous couple of weeks. As Colby said, they, th- they threw a lot more on first down against the Chiefs, which I think helped them get ahead of the sticks, as the kids like to say, and maybe didn't hamstring them as much on third down. You want to see more of that. Absolutely. Uh, let us see. Hi to John in Florida, who's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Johnny, how are you? Good, Mr. Dan. How you doing? Great show. John, I'm doing great. What's up? 
Hey, nothing much. I wanted to get your opinion. Uh, how was uh, Buffalo able to uh, shut down uh, not only Hill to 50 yards, 50-something yards, but Mostert had um, something ridiculous like like nine yards uh, rushing. And the uh, I think Buffalo is a team to beat. And, uh, you know, how, how are they able to shut down and beat Miami so bad? And well, number one, well, number one, Josh Allen played unconscious in that football game. Miami played it. Miami made a couple of mistakes. See, the first the first quarter was almost like a track meet. It was like, all right, I'm going to score. Now you're going to score. I'm going to score. Now you're going to score. And then what happened was Miami just made a couple of mistakes and Buffalo was able to take advantage of it. And, you know, they capitalized right. on those turnovers and turned them into points. The other thing, too, is Buffalo. I felt their defense more than anything in that game. They really, really controlled the line of scrimmage, I felt. Because, look, despite what happened that first game against the Jets and despite what Miami did the first three weeks, I'm not wavering over the fact that I still think Buffalo's a better football team than the Dolphins. And at least on Sunday, they proved it to be once again. Yeah, they are definitely better. And and my last point is it seems like Miami does this every year. They start out great. And then they uh, just uh, go into the tank, into the toilet. That's why I'm not a Dolphin. I'm a Bills fan. And uh, I also like the Jets, of course. And thank you very much. Johnny, I appreciate it. You get back to us there. So John's a big AFC East guy. That's what he is. Remember, the Dolphins started 3-0 and last year, too, in Mike McDaniel's first year. And then what do they do? They lost three in a row after starting 3-0. Th- very streaky. T- last year, the Dolphins were a very streaky team. They won three. They lost three, they won five, they lost five, and then remember, they needed to win that season finale against the Jets with Skylar Thompson as the Dolphins quarterback, and Joe Flacco was the quarterback for the Jets on that final game of the season. And they barely eked that one out, too, if you remember, in that Week 18 game down in uh, South Beach. Let us say hi to Jose in Brooklyn, who is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Hello, Jose. How are you? Hey, good afternoon, Dan, and shout out to the company. And Absolutely. Just, What's going on? Just wanted to chime in on the football game that's coming up this weekend because, as you know, I've, I've stated on the record that this is a must-win. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it kind of feels good to actually go into a football game where it doesn't, you know, feel like, oh, my God, you know, the defense has to score a shutout or, you know, the running game has to, you know, really be a focal point because, you know, Zach Wilson did, you know, show out and played last week, and hopefully he can follow it up. I know he hasn't done it before, but you know what? Hey, try to be optimistic, you know. So let's see if, you know, this can happen, and hopefully they can be able to be in that position. But um, I, I definitely think it is going to be a tough game because, you know, I, I do think that the – trade that they just did is just, you know, as a message to try to set up that defense to actually improve because Denver can't, you know, it's going to be real embarrassing if they, if they give up a lot of points to this offense. You know, you know something, and, and, and I'm not one of these guys usually like I'm, I'm Jose, you know, this, cause we talked about it with the giant game in week two against Arizona. And I said, you know, there's no style points in this game. Just go out there and win it. you got to win the game. And, yes, of course, Jets need to find a way to win this game. But I think it would almost be disappointing if it's one of those type of contests where they struggle. 
You know, like if it's like last year's Denver game, that even though they win, you know, the offense isn't really high octane. They barely resemble the offense that we saw against Kansas City. That, to me, would be a little disheartening, no? Oh, exactly. And if it's anything like that last Denver game where we lost two of our best offensive players, we yeah yeah that that's not going to be great and also we like the like 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 you said because the the feeling in that game was we won but we won in spite of you know our quarterback and it wasn't and that was where the conversation was setting up and we can't re- I, I don't want to go back down that road you know hopefully it doesn't it, it doesn't go back down that road but let we'll see let's see how it happens and you might hear me call in, call, call in, call in on the fourth quarter. Hey, let's hope it's a joyous occasion, Jose. Thanks a lot for the phone call. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. More of your calls when we come back, though. It's NFL picks time. A week five edition. We got to get Grassa back in the win column. That's right. Football Friday, ninety eight seventy ESPN. This is the Dan Grassa Show on ninety eight point seven ESPN. <laughs> Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Dan Gross's show, Football Friday, a week five edition, right here on 98.7 ESPN. And that means, well, you know what it means. I don't have to tell you, but I'll tell you anyway. It's time for the NFL picks, the Dan Grassa edition, week number five. Now, last week, eh, some good, some bad, one and two. That takes our season record to five, six, and one through the first four weeks of the season. So we got to get better. But you know what? That's why you play 17 games. You got enough time to make up ground. They're not giving out trophies the first week of October. You got time to hit your stride. We're like Zach Wilson. We're gaining confidence with each passing week. And we're going to be a fully functioning machine 
by the time midseason rolls around. All right, let's have at it. Game number one. And we're going to hop on the plane, and we're going to go all the way out to the West Coast. La La Land. Eagles. Rams. Little 405 action. Fox on Sunday. SoFi Stadium. Now, I've been saying it multiple times throughout this show, even though Philadelphia is undefeated right now. One of only two undefeated teams still remaining in the National Football League, as a matter of fact, them and the San Francisco 49ers. You know, they really have not looked the part of a team that was in the Super Bowl last year and more often than not was dominant. Right? They've played with fire all year. Three of the four games they've played, they've only won by a score. Last week, if Riverboat Ron lived up to his nickname, he would have went for two at the end of the game and maybe even won the game. Instead, he played for overtime, and Philadelphia was still able to pull it out, thankfully, because I know a lot of people had him in survivor pool, not to mention any names. Rams, on the other hand, look, I didn't expect a lot from the Rams this year, and I know it's only four weeks, but give them credit. They're playing hard. You really got to be impressed with what Sean McVay is doing. Their two losses this year have come by a total of 10 points. They're in these games last week, pulling that one out in Indianapolis in overtime. And their defense has actually played pretty well here, despite the fact that, yeah, they got Aaron Donald, but the defense as a whole has played pretty good. Cooper Cup, you might have heard of him. Super Bowl MVP Cooper Cup a couple of years ago. He's going to make his season debut this week. But Cooper Cup is going to have to play second fiddle to our guy, Puka Nakua, who's basically rewriting the record books for a wide receiver in the National Football League with the start that he's off to the first four weeks. Philadelphia's defense has been vulnerable, guys. There's no other way to say it, especially through the air. So you got Nakua. You got Cooper Cup coming back. There's a chance for Matthew Stafford to go out there and maybe pick the birds apart a little bit. I'm confident that the Rams are going to be able to keep this one close. I really am. And you know what? They might even steal it when all is said and done. You're giving me four and a half points with the home team that's played competitive football all year? I will take that easily. Give me the Rams plus four and a half, game number one against the Philadelphia Eagles. Game number two. And we're going to stay out west, except we're going to move on over to the desert. Bengals, Cardinals. Cincinnati has not exactly lived up to the hype. I think that goes without saying. Arizona, on the other hand, they've exceeded expectations, and yet they're still one and three. Because I thought they'd be 0 for however many games they play. But this is the last stand for the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, they clearly have been one of the bigger disappointments in the NFL. Off to a 1-3 start. Got blown out last week in Tennessee. The offense can't do anything. And so far, the two games that they've played on the road this year, at Cleveland and at Tennessee, they've been outscored 51-6. to And Joe Burrow's the quarterback. Remember, the Bengals gave him a small fortune to be their quarterback. And clearly, he's not 100%. I know that. You know that. But looking at this game in Arizona, you know what? All jokes aside, the Cardinals have been a little feisty team this year. They can move the ball on the ground. Cincinnati's run defense is ranked 31st in the National Football League so far. And Josh Dobbs, not bad for a guy that they essentially pulled off the street late in training camp. 
He's actually moved this team's up and down the field offensively. He hasn't turned the football over, no interceptions. Been a pleasant surprise. Now, I don't think this is going to last all season long. I don't even think it's going to last on Sunday. Maybe the Bengals are going to have a down year this year, right? Maybe eventually Joe Burrow is going to have to be shut down with that calf injury. And it's just going to be one of those, you know what, punt the season, get a high draft pick, and reload again in 2024. Bengals aren't going anywhere, not as long as Burrow's their quarterback. But on Sunday, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they'll right the ship at least for one week. I'll lay the three points. Give me Cincinnati minus three in Arizona. I'll take Burrow over Josh Dobbs. How about that? Lastly, staying out west again. Why should we move? We like it out here, right? We're like a civil engineer. We're out here for a few weeks. We're going to stay. Let's go to the Mile High City. Broncos welcoming in the New York Jets. Jets came up short on Sunday night, but you know what? They opened up a lot of eyes. They gained some new fans, too, especially that Zach Wilson. The way he played, the way that offense played, gave the champs everything that they could handle and then some. Right? Jets didn't know it was a damn show. They thought it was a damn fight. Now they go into Denver. Broncos actually won a game last week, right? They were left for dead in Chicago, came all the way back on the Bears and actually got themselves a win. But the defense can't stop anybody, anybody. And so the Jets should be able to take advantage of that. I don't know if it's going to be a blowout. I don't know if they're going to be in a position to where they are going to run up the score. But the Jets are just better, right? They're better. I think they found something now with this offense. And it wasn't necessarily just the quarterback and the way he played. You know, they tweaked some things around schematically with the X's and O's. You know, there were some new installs for this game last week that they hadn't featured previously. So I expect to see some more tweaking with the game plan and getting some of these other personnel groupings in there, like the Xavier Gibsons, like my guy Jeremy Ruckert, utilizing their abilities, and you see it produces good things. I like this offensive line as it continues to grow for another week. Brees Hall is going to be unleashed in this football game, the site of where his rookie season ended last year. Jets are getting two and a half points. Getting two and a half points. I mean, you would have thought that John Elway, Terrell Davis, and Shannon Sharp were playing for the Broncos this week. Nope. Not playing. Jets get back in the win column here. I'll take the two and a half points. They'll win this one outright. Hell, they might even win it by double digits. 